right, uh, you guys go ahead and have a seat. Welcome to Creekside. We are, uh, I have a privilege to introduce my brother here. Uh, many of you know him. He grew up at the church. He's a beloved son, returns that whole bit, you know. Most of you have been calling me Chad my whole life. So, uh, Chad, Chad, of course, grew up in the church. He now and his family, him, Mindy, and their kids live in Houston, Texas. Uh, and he's just going to share about what he's been doing down in Houston, ma mainly what God has been doing uh, down in Houston area. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and bring up Chad and have him share with you. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate that. Uh, as Kyle said, uh, my name is Chad. For those of you I, I haven't had a chance to meet, uh, it's a pleasure to really kind of be back home. And before I kind of tell you know, what I've been involved in and what I'm involved in uh, now in terms of ministry. Just, I uh, just want to say thank you. Um, it's been fun. I spent last week up at Corona's camp, uh, reliving a lot of memories, hadn't been there in like 17 years. Uh, but just, just even driving in and just thinking of the memories and really spiritual markers in my life uh, that I have now as I look back on because I grew up at what was once uh, Central Gospel Chapel, Cornerstone Community Church, then merged with uh, another church to become Creekside. And uh, just thankful for that and just thinking back of many times of vacation Bible school, uh, going to camp, uh, Sunday school, Sunday night, I mean, Awanas. Uh, I think if there was church going on, uh, I was probably here. And, and lots of times you can think, uh, maybe kids, you don't want to bring kids to church because of um, just how much. Am I taking them too much, too much? And, you know, looking back on that, I was in the church a lot and I'm thankful for every time I was here and just the impact it had. Uh, on my life to this very day to day. And just thinking of this, the spiritual markers, you know, we're celebrating baptism today, uh, October 28th, 1990, over at the old building, um, I was baptized. And just looking at that, that is a marker, even for what I'm doing now in ministry. So just want to say thank you for those that invested years, uh, resources, time into younger generations here. Uh, just thank you. Uh, grateful for that. Uh, as Kyle said, I'm, right now I'm living in Houston, Texas. Uh, and it's probably the easiest way for me to explain is it, what, I, what I do in terms of ministry is just to think in terms of geography. You know, what, I heard a pastor one time say that the, uh, God moves when the church is consumed by the lostness of its geography. And that has continued to ring true in my life. And as I think about what I do, I think in terms of really Acts 1-8, where Jesus, uh, kind of after the resurrection is challenging the church, his disciples, you know, I want you to be my witnesses, starting in Jerusalem, then going to Judea, Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. And I kind of look at ministry uh, that way. I am uh, centered in Houston, Texas. Actually, the church uh, that I'm anchored at is about, really about a minute and a half uh, from NASA. So we have actually uh, several astronauts in our church who have taken stuff up in the space shuttle before for us. Um, we have literally rocket scientists uh, that, are, that are at the church, which, which is pretty neat. And so that's kind of been uh, the home base for me. In fact, uh, little known fact, um, this, this past week was the anniversary of what? Does anybody know? Yeah, the moon landing. 45, 45 years ago uh, was when Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, I can't ever remember the third guy, landed on the moon. But does anybody know the first food that they ate when they were on the moon? When they landed? No, it wasn't Tang. It was actually a communion cracker. Uh, little known fact that the first thing they did when they landed on another celestial body was Buzz Aldrin. He was actually an elder at a Presbyterian church. They celebrated communion really to honor God uh, as the first time they were on 
uh, another uh, really uh, moon planet celestial body. So just neat to think about, not something you hear a lot about. But that's where I'm anchored at uh, in Houston. We think of that as really our Jerusalem. Uh, Houston has 6 million people and growing. It's now the most diverse city in the United States. A million of those people who live in Houston weren't even born in this country. Uh, 350 people groups, hundreds of languages, uh, literally where in, in the past where when you think in terms of missions where you'd have to go across the ocean, now literally I just have to walk across my street. I got people from India, uh, Mexico, Vietnam, uh, Venezuela, uh, just right around me. So people, literally the world uh, has been coming to Houston, and that's created great opportunities for ministry. So one of the things I now lead is something called the Houston Church Planning Network. Started with a couple churches, we now have over 100 churches uh, in the network. And really, we're taking responsibility for the city. We're really saying, you know, how do we saturate Houston with the gospel? Uh, looking to plant churches where there may not be any or where we need maybe more of a stronger gospel presence. Uh, so we work towards a, lo- a lot of collaboration as we get after that, those six million people uh, in Houston. And it's been neat to see uh, churches really saying, hey, we're going to focus on the gospel together uh, to be about reaching every man, woman, child and seeing every man, woman, child Really, what we say is have repeated opportunities really to say yes or no to Jesus, to, to be confronted both with the proclamation and demonstration of the gospel and really say yes or no, is, he, is Jesus going to be someone I'm going to follow? So it's neat to see the spirit there as we look at uh, the city of Houston. In addition, I serve as uh, kind of a regional director for a group called Christ Together as we kind of take the next phase out, really kind of a national uh, a national initiative as, as we look at the country where, you know, 320 Uh, probably 320 million Americans. Uh, Out of those, uh, the majority of those, I think, live in major cities across the United States. In fact, there's 184 what are known as MSAs, uh, Metropolitan Statistical Areas, that are actually 250,000 people or more. So 184 of those sprinkled throughout the country. And what we're trying to do is really set up kind of what we've done in Houston, but uh, collaborative ventures in in these different cities that are really going to say, all right, how do we work together to make sure every man, woman, and child has repeated opportunities to encounter Jesus. So right now we're in 39 cities across the United States, all the way from LA uh, to New York, down to Houston. Need to get a stronger Midwest presence. So maybe we can work on that. Kind of get Des Moines on the radar uh, this week while we're here. So uh, really, really want to see that. I mean, you know the situation our country is in, and you can even see that with the decline of, not so much the decline of Christianity, but what we're seeing is people that once identified them, themselves as Christian uh, are now really identifying themselves as nuns, N-O-N-E-S, meaning if they were going to go to a hospital and you know, they were kind of filling out the, applic- or the, the form or something, and when it got to the religion question, are you this, this, or this, they would say, I'm none. I have no religious affiliation at all. And that, that group continues to grow where now Barna says those who really probably follow any sort of a Christian worldview that live anything according to the Bible is probably definitely less than 10% in our country. So really, how do we re-evangelize our country uh, in America and and really praying for uh, revival? And then kind of the next piece that I'm involved in is really kind of the global piece, the ends of the earth when you look at Acts 1-8. And so I've been, I work with a group called Saturation Church Planning, that really focuses on what we call pivot nations around the world, meaning those nations that really kind of have that missionary spirit, that DNA spirit uh, that says, I, we're just not only, 
want to see our country reach for Christ, but we have a heart to see the nations around us uh, reached as well. So really for the last decades, I've had a a chance to work in several countries, uh, Honduras, Ukraine. Uh, Probably where I've been most excited about is Cuba. I've probably been down there about 10 times uh, the last six or seven years. And and that's really um, just to kind of give you an example where I see, you know, the church where we have maybe a contract in Christianity in the United States you know, around the world, we still see, you know, an expanding Christianity. Uh, the glass definitely is not half empty when you think of global Christianity. Uh, the glass is three quarters full. There's great things going on where we can go to India, which is probably now has passed China as the largest church in the world. There are now, now more churches in India uh, than there are in the United States. You can go to Africa. There's more Christians in Africa now than there are people in the United States. And we can go around and, and celebrate what God continues to do around the world. In Cuba, uh, we've started working there probably seven or eight years ago, and what we've seen there is just kind of rapid multiplication of churches. You know, Castro has kind of put on, kind of put the kibosh on building any, you know, new buildings, uh, new facilities for churches, but God has really used that to see really a horizontal movement uh, of churches spread uh, really throughout the island. One of the... um, sayings that Castro had when he took over the country was revolution happens block by block and it's neat now going down and spending time with Christians down through all throughout the island and they've kind of adopted that saying and saying all right if we're going to see a new revolution a Jesus revolution that's going to happen block by block and that's what we've seen with the church church in Cuba where it's rapid uh, rapidly multiplied where it's we're seeing one church start on this block and another church start on the next block and we're probably we're probably now working with probably close to 400 house churches uh, all over the island. Uh, continue to expand. One of the one of our partners, when we started working with him five years ago, had zero churches. Now he's got 85 uh, that are scattered. So we're seeing that, and now they even have a heart to take the gospel even outside of Cuba, uh, which is neat uh, to see that missionary uh, DNA. Uh, implanted in them. So exciting times that we're living in and just wanted to give you a a quick glimpse of that uh, as far as the circles go. On a personal note, if we were to make it really personal, my personal circle, uh, my family continues to expand. Uh, We have added a fifth. Um, We're actually in the process of uh, adopting a little three-year-old girl um, that's becoming part of our family. Uh, Neat situation. I never thought I'd have five kids. Um, I'm not sure what Lou and Margaret were thinking, Um, but reflecting on that, um, it's, been, it's been a neat thing and just something that we were, uh, Mindy and I were, were just kind of saying, this is something we need to be obedient to. Uh, we had Francis Chan, if you're familiar with Francis T- uh, Chan, uh, came in and spoke at one of our Houston Church Planning Network events and started talking about adoption. And literally, uh, you know, he led a prayer time at the end. I'm thinking, all right, God, is this something what, you, what you're asking us to do? And literally on my drive home, I get an email. Not that I'm checking my phone while driving. Uh, but I, get, I got an email on the way home saying, hey, there's this two-year-old little girl. Would you know anybody that would be interested in adopting her? And I'm like, all right, God, you've made this very clear. You've, uh, my wife is praying you're going to have to drop something in our laps, and uh, that's what he did. So I uh, just want to give you a quick update what's going on with the Clarksons down in Houston. And, again, thankful for uh, Creekside, almost said Cornerstone. At least I didn't say Central Gospel Chapel. Uh, but it's great to be back, so uh, thankful. Nick, turn it back to you. Thank you, Chad. That's awesome. I love that. Um question, how do we saturate our area? How do we saturate Urbandale, Des Moines with the gospel? I love that. And plus, where's my wife? Is she in here? Five kids is all their age. There we go. 
think five kids are over, you're just attracted to crazy. And so, um, but I, uh, I love baptisms, but at the same time, I was, uh, I was gone this last week, and I was in the sun some, like, my wife saw me with my shirt off and was like, you can look at, that's looking good, you, I mean, looking good, but Alex Hahn, this morning, he's, just give him a good slap on the back when you see him, all right, just good slap on the back. I love baptisms, but um, what I love more is um, the chance for us to, and this should happen every week, but the chance for us to just watch the Holy Spirit work, and, um, and uh, we, we were slated to have two people get baptized this morning, and, um, and then through unseen circumstances, one of them couldn't be here, and so like these little details like that kind of throw me into turmoil when I hear about them, I'm like, oh dear, what are we going to do? That's, I mean, that's five minutes, we've got to fill five minutes, like the Holy Spirit can't fill five minutes, right? And so... But one thing that's true in my life is when I, I just sit down and I'm like, Lord, I, I really just don't know where you want me to go with this thing. Like, what's this service going to be like? It's different than normal. What's it going to be all about? And so one thing that's true, I said to Heather this morning, well, we were woken up by a storm. Other people probably were too this morning. But I got up and I just could not go back to sleep. So um, this morning I made the right choice and sat down with the Lord and just said, hey, I am... Like, you need to do this thing because I really cannot picture how this service is going to go in my mind and, and what you want to do, like what you're going to do here. And so, inevitably, you know, I, you'd think I'd learn from this, but I sat down and just spent some time with the Lord and realized I tend to freak out about things that are completely out of my control, Wayne. They're completely in God's control. And so, he, uh, he just gave me immense peace um, to, to, just, to just come up here and tell you what's on my heart and then um, watch baptism happen. And that's cool. Um, love baptisms because really it's, a, it's, it's when somebody gets to publicly say, um, first of all, I believe in Jesus for salvation and I am willing and want to identify with him and I'm ready to live in the newness of life that he brings. We had a, a college student ready to be baptized today, and we have a little, little boy um, ready to be baptized. And you're going to see soon something cool that also happened this morning. Um, the truth about any people who get baptized is cool because they're all in a different spot in their relationship with Jesus, right? They're at a different place in their understanding of God even. But what's cool this morning is that they all understand that for salvation, it's the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ to save from sins. I love that. And um, they're saying yes this morning to Jesus. They're saying publicly, okay, uh, that I'm ready not only to believe with my lips, like I want to show everyone that I'm ready to identify with Jesus to the death, really. I mean, that's a freaky, a freaky thing. Um, we know that people are dying all over the world for Jesus, right? And so I got to ask myself when I see stuff like that on the news, it's kind of like I go into this like turmoil time where it's like, you know, should I be suffering more? Um, should I be being persecuted more? Like what, what in my life 
is attracting the truth that Jesus said, listen, they hated me first, so they're going to hate you, right? It's not like I should go out and tick people off just so I can say, hey, I'm worthy of the gospel, right? To be persecuted for the name of Jesus. We don't want to do that, right? But I'm challenged by that question. And baptism is sort of a reminder that I am dead to my old self, which would seek to fit in in the world, which would seek to please those around me above God, right? I'm dead to that person, and I'm alive to a new creation empowered by the Holy Spirit to live out the gospel in my context, right? And then in the world, like Chad was talking about. I love that. Romans 6, 3 through 6 says, Don't you know that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So baptism, this is why we do full immersion baptism, right? We believe that's biblical, and we are identifying with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And it's a reminder, okay, kind of like, I, I, I was talking to Preston, Preston's getting baptized this morning, and we were talking about like, okay, what's the point of baptism? You believe in Jesus, you know that your sins are washed away by him, right? So what's the point of baptism? And... It's nothing about baptism saves you. Baptism doesn't do anything to get you into heaven, right? But it's the first command of God, the first act of obedience of a believer. And there's not supposed to be this gap between choice to follow Jesus for salvation and a willingness to say that publicly, right? And so we talked about, it's like um, my wedding ring reminds me and everyone else that I'm married, right? That I'm bound to Heather, right? And that I'm committed to her. It's a lot like baptism. It shows an understanding that I have died. When somebody's died, they're no longer active in the world, right? I have died to sin and raised to new life in Jesus Christ. I love that. And it's, the Bible says that we have been made a new creation. The old things have gone and new things have come. I think the reality for most of us who have, been, who have grown up in church, it's tough, right? It's tough to be reminded of that. That listen, I am, I'm not just, it's not just go to church. It's not just do a bunch of these things. It's not even about like, oh, I have to be baptized because it's the right thing to do because my church said it was the right thing to do. Right? It's not about a list of things that we can do to earn salvation. But that we have been made completely new. Like my sins are washed away as far as the east is from the west. And I am completely new and forgiven. We forget that a lot. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one spirit... Are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink 
into one spirit. I, I love that because it's across, um, it's across race, right? It really is across preference. It's across the world, really, that Jesus died so that people who I don't even know, right, we are born into one spirit through the Holy Spirit of God. I mean, that is cool. Like, it shouldn't surprise us, right? It shouldn't surprise us. Sometimes what happens up here, right, and, and maybe Tim and I or the preacher and Tim or the preacher and I, are, we, we go someplace that we didn't really even plan, but they just fit together. You know why that is? Because it's the same spirit, Right? We've been given the Spirit of God to navigate life, to live in the power of the Holy Spirit for Jesus Christ. That shouldn't surprise us when the Spirit does awesome and active things. Right, So that's part of why I love services like this, because I get to come to church and really have no idea what he's going to do. And I get to say, hey, this is not, it's not me, you know, it's not Tim, it's not the band, it's about God. So when I get confused about what I'm supposed to do in life... Like, those are good moments. Those are moments when I get to say, hey, God, you're right. I, I got no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea how this is going to end up, but you get to control this. You have the right to control this, and you have the power to control this. Galatians 3.27, for as many of you has been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The old has gone, the new has come. I've put on Christ. Here's what a few... Um, kind of well-known theologians have said about this. Charles Spurgeon says, A man who knows that he is saved by believing in Christ does not, when he is baptized, lift his baptism into a saving ordinance. In fact, he is the very best protester against that mistake because he holds that he has no right to be baptized until he is saved. Right? Believe for salvation and then be baptized. It's that simple. Right? Believe and then be willing to say it to the world, right? I claim Jesus and I identify with his death, burial, and resurrection, and I'm in this thing, right? Vance Haver says, We have never, we may never be martyrs, but we can die to self, we can die to sin, we can die to the world, we can die to our plans and ambitions. That is the significance of baptism. We died with Christ and rose to new life. Watchman Nee says, baptism is faith in action. And John Rice says, God's people should be baptized because God commanded it, not because some church requires it. Why did God command it, right? If it doesn't have anything to do with salvation, why would God command that we be baptized, right? Remember, God is not jealous of us, right? God is not jealous of us. He's jealous for us. He wants our allegiance. He wants us to be fulfilled in the joy of following him and he wants us to be in heaven with him someday. He loves us. He longs for us. He pursues us and he draws us to himself. And what he wants from us really is to be able to say, yeah, Jesus, I am thankful for salvation. Like you have saved me. You have set me free from myself, because I know my flesh is prone to sin. My flesh is prone to wonder, but you've set me free from that, and now I'm willing to say it to the world, right? I love that. Love it. I remember um, when I was baptized, I was 12 years old, 
And um, people still say to me when I go home to Connecticut, they still say to me, I was recently home, I was recently home this past week, um, but before that I was, I was home for my cousin's uh, funeral. And at the funeral I saw a lot of people that I had not seen for a long time. And they came up to me and said, hey, I remember your baptism. I remember your baptism. How are you doing? Right? And so we're all here, right, to, for whoever gets baptized this morning. We're all here to be able to say, because we know the truth is the Christian life and our relationship with God is going to get tough at times, right? It's not easy. It's not something that you get saved and then boom, all of a sudden it's easy, right? It's a process. We are sanctified. We become more like Jesus. And so um, our thing is to be able to say to somebody, hey, years from now, to Preston, I mean, he's a young little boy. Years from now, we get to say to him, hey, Preston, I remember your baptism. I remember that day that you chose to say, I understand that I'm a sinner. Jesus died for me, and I want to live that out, right? He's going to grow to understand God a lot more. That's our prayer, right? He's going to have hard times in his Christian life, and he's going to have great times in his Christian life. But we get to say to him, hey, how are you doing? I remember your baptism. Remember your first love, right? And that's really what this is a call to, to identify with Jesus. And for everyone in the room that has been baptized, remember your first love. Love, like where are you this morning in your pursuit of Jesus? Remember your first love. Remember the excitement that you had when you first started following Jesus, when you were thankful for your salvation and you were willing to just be out there with it. You were willing to be a Jesus freak. You were willing to be hated by the world for the sake of Jesus. Remember your first love. So I'm gonna call Preston up here. He's gonna come up and... uh, share his testimony, and as he's coming up, the band's going to come up as well uh, to get ready to, to lead us in more worship, but a cool thing happened um, a few weeks ago, this is my friend Nigel right here in the front row, okay, and uh, this is probably a couple months ago, um, Nigel shows up to church for the first time, he biked here, right, and sat through the service, and I, I didn't even know this was going to happen this morning, so this is really cool. Um, Nigel showed up at church, and he stayed after the service, and I saw him sitting down here talking to Norb, right? And so Norb calls me over, and that morning, Nigel got saved. He was like, listen, I want, first thing he said is there's an excitement about Jesus that I want here, right? And so the gospel was clear to him, and he got saved that day. He came to Jesus, he said, I want to follow him, and he's been here since. And so, uh, this is exciting to me, but Nigel's going to get baptized this morning too. So they're going to share, share a testimony, and then I'm going to bring Nigel up here, and uh, we're going to do this thing. So. Preston is, uh, is an awesome kid. He loves to draw pictures, and so he drew one for you guys to look at. You want to tell us about it? Well, God was making the sea, and he made a whale and a dolphin. And there was a person that was being attacked by a dolphin, I mean a whale, and a shark was eating a fish and a dolphin was was skimmed by the shark and and I drew that because I know sharks are scared of dolphins. And I made 
Esquid. Thank you so much. He had another thing he wanted to say about baptism. He said, I want to be baptized because God made everything. God made the oceans and the fishies too. He made our sins to wash away because Jesus died on the cross. That's right. And I couldn't be any more proud. All right, Nigel, come on up here. Again, this is Nigel. Everybody say hi to Nigel. <laughs> that was like an AA meeting type thing. <laughs> All right. This is Nigel. Again, we're super excited. And <clears throat> the reason I'm excited about this is because um, Nigel did exactly what we're talking about. I mean, came to salvation. Um, salvation was clear to him. He came to Jesus um, after hearing the gospel presented in church, and um, he decided right away, I want to get baptized. I don't see any reason to wait, right? And so Nigel's going to get baptized this morning, and before that happens, I just want to pray for these guys. So everybody just lift your hands up um, toward these guys, and we're going we're gonna to pray for them. God, I thank you for Nigel and Preston. Um, just thank you for their salvation. Thank you that they are made new through Jesus Christ. Thank you that they're on their way to heaven. Um, God, I, and I pray that through watching their dedication and their desire to identify with Jesus and their, their, their desire to follow Jesus, I pray, God, that um, it would push us, God, it would inspire us to your mission to saturate our area with the gospel, to see other people get saved, to see other people get baptized, um, to see other people snatched out of hell and on their way to heaven because of salvation in Jesus Christ. So I just thank you for these moments, God. And um, it's, it's about you. And we, so we give these moments to you. I pray for them as they follow you, um, that their, your spirit would be strong in them, um, that, that, God, they would pursue you all the days of their life. Um, we love you, God, and we need you in Jesus' name. Amen. Preston, I am so, so proud of you today. And God loves you, and you love God. Yeah. And today, in front of all these people, you want to be baptized, right? Yeah. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to baptize you today, my son, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Nigel, uh, because you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and because you want to bear witness of that and be identified with the Lord Jesus in front of the whole world with his death and with his resurrection I baptize you to the Lord Jesus Christ in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
going to celebrate what, what just happened, which was so cool. Just to think of the fact that we have this little, little boy who has got it, who understands what his relationship with Christ is, with that, that, that faith that's huge that comes from a little kid. And then someone that just shows up here on their bike and, and is saved. And they've figured it out. And that there's no more lostness. That they have salvation. They have Christ. It's something that I think um, we forget the impact of in our own lives often. They don't right now. They, they get it. <laughs> they have just proclaimed it before all of us. That, that I love Christ and I want to live for Christ. And so as we take communion... I think what I'm reminded of is that, that I, I forget where I've come from. I forget my lostness. I almost take for granted my salvation. And so when the Bible says for us to come together, when we come together, we remember him. We, we look at his body, the sacrifice he made. We look at the blood that was shed on our behalves, and we don't take it for granted that we come together and we, we celebrate this and we remember him and we come before him and we take this and we look to him and say, thank you. Thank you for my own salvation. So we're not just celebrating uh, Preston and Nigel's. Um, we're celebrating our own salvation, all of us, together. And that's the cool thing about this communion. It's bringing us together to look to God and thank him for the sacrifice that was made on our own behalf. So we're going to sing a couple songs here. And it's an opportunity for you to be thankful for your own salvation. And to look at that sacrifice that was actually made for you. That the, the lostness is gone. That he's taken that for us. And now we have eternity for ourselves here um, with, with our Father. Sorrows, Lamb of God. You can have a seat, and I just want you to listen to something. Um, first, I want to say that we've said it over and over again that belief in Jesus for salvation should go right along with baptism. Believe and be baptized. So I just want to say that if you, um, if you, maybe you're, maybe you're being pushed. Um, to get baptized this morning. We're going to sing a couple more songs and you can do that during that time. I think Bob's still wet back there. Um, you know, but if God's just kind of pressing on your heart, first, salvation. Today is the day of salvation. We know that, that you don't have to know enough. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to be perfect, certainly, because then nobody would be saved. But salvation... It's through Jesus Christ alone to save us from our sins. And, and secondly, it doesn't just have to be baptism Sunday for you to get baptized. If you want to get baptized at any point, we'll just keep talking about it, right? Believe and be baptized. If you want to get baptized at any point, just come talk to us. Talk to me, talk to an elder, and we'll just we'll fill it up. You might have to fill it up during the service, whatever. But we'll, we want to baptize people. We want to see people want to follow Jesus. I want to read one thing. Um, my dad wrote this, and uh, he just he studied scripture and what it meant to be an adopted child of God. And he texted this to my wife. I asked him if I could read it to you. Um, it's called My Adoption into the King's Family, and you can just follow it up there. But 
This is, this is us if we've been saved by Christ. As an adopted child of my perfect Father God, I know he always wants the best for me. Nothing will ever change that. As I hear the words he speaks to me and see his interactions in the lives of my brothers and sisters, I begin to imitate him, and there starts to be a family resemblance. Others outside the family begin to honor my father by saying about me that he's becoming just like his dad. Sometimes I do things that bring dishonor to my father, but he always understands what I'm going through and calls me back to his loving arms with hugs and compassion. He uses the experience to help me emulate more of his character. I never have to worry about any of my needs because he always gives me what I need. The fact that he has chosen me to adopt out of all the people of all times makes me feel so secure and perfectly loved by my perfect father. I know a perfect father will never let that change. It really blows my mind to think that he has made me an heir along with his one true son, my perfect brother, Jesus. He's the one who has made it possible for me to be adopted in the first place. I know my father loves me beyond my understanding because of what he allowed his one and only true son to go through so that it was even possible for my adoption into his family to take place. Thank you, Jesus. I am a child of the one true king. Love that. So we're going to sing two more songs to end our service. And we just want to let the spirit move in this place. So let's sing together. Everybody rise to your feet. And uh, let's just sing to our name. My heart beating, my soul breathing. I found my life when I laid it down. Upward falling, spirit soaring. I touch the sky when my knees hit the ground. here today, Lord, and thank you that we could celebrate the baptism of Preston and Nigel, Lord, and as they proclaim that they know you, Father, before all of us and, and everyone, Lord. And I would pray, Lord Jesus, as we go throughout this week, Lord, that we are able to continue to proclaim that we know you as our Savior, in Jesus, in your name, amen. Thanks for coming this week. Hopefully we'll see you next week. Thank you.